What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned into Kinda Neat. I don't know why I always go up on my voice when I say Kinda Neat, but I do it. It's my thing. Deal with it. Follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man, Ben Shen, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery, at I Am Database, based with two S's. Hit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash kinda neat. We're finally about to break 500 followers on our Facebook fan page. We love you for doing that. Thank you so much. Follow us as a unit on Twitter at That's Kinda Neat. I might have already said that. KindaNeat.net wrapped up in a pretty package. YouTube.com slash That's Kinda Neat, where you're going to see our guest this week, El Prez, perform something from the Prezport record called Home Sweet Home. Uh, it's a record that he made with Jansport J. It's a dope collab. I've known both of those guys for quite some time now. Uh, you know, we're out here on the LA scene. We've been doing it, and, and uh, he's a dude that I've been seeing around forever. I was talking to Andrew from Potholes in my blog. Shout out to Andrew. I know he's a loyal listener, and that is the homie as well. We sit and vent to each other about the music industry stuff uh, on Facebook sometimes. And I was talking to him on Facebook, and I was like, man, it's rough around the holidays. I feel like I'm, I don't know who I should interview. And he said, yo, he said, man, El Prez just put out a really dope record. And I said, man, El Prez has been the homie forever. I've been seeing him around for so long. That's tight. Uh, I'm stoked that he's still, that he's doing shit. So like, yeah, I hit him up, came in, killed the performance, had a good conversation about growing up in Los Angeles, being a kind of a, an all city traveler. He went to like a hundred different schools and shit. It's crazy. So first things first, let's talk about me. Cause that's what I do during this segment. Unless you guys don't send me questions, or unless you guys send me questions that I can answer uh, and give advice about, which is what I would like you to do. So hit me up on Facebook, send me a private message that asks a question for advice or whatever. But in the meantime, uh, I got a new car this week. That was like a big stressful part of my week. And uh, man, I hate going to the car dealership. Like I just lease, I lease cars um, because I'm somebody that like, you know, if you're a small business owner, you can write it off as a tax write-off. And also, I just like to get into a new whip every couple of years, and it makes the payments a lot cheaper. So, you know, I don't care about not owning a car because when you own a car, it's like you'll probably end up in a upside-down loan or whatever. I don't know anything about money, to be honest. So I'm sure I will get messages or tweets from people going, no, man, you should be buying your cars, not leasing. But in the time of now, it helps me because the monthly payments are much lower to lease. So I go in because my lease was up, uh, you know, and I have to like deal with a dealer. So first you're talking to this dealer guy and you're telling him the numbers that you want. And you're finagling him and working him down and down and, and, you know, telling him, oh yeah, you know, I've been, I've been a good customer. I've been a loyal repeat customer. You guys should hook me up and, you know, fighting for numbers and then go out for the test drive. And I'm like trying to create a rapport with the dude. He was Korean. Shout outs to Ben, who's also Korean. So he's like, you know, I'm from K-Town. And I said, oh, yeah, man, I, I got a lot of homies in K-Town. I said, oh, I said, oh, you know, dumbfounded. He didn't know dumbfounded, though. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that'd be my I'm like, man, this motherfucker's going to give me a free car if I get him an autograph, dog. But, uh, you know, I started talking about K-Town shit and like Korean barbecue. And he was like all impressed. And all of a sudden we were like friends and shit. And so then I started, I saw, you know. Then I just had to buckle down real quick. My strategy was like butter him up, make him happy, make him smile, and then hit him with the numbers. And so that's what I did and got it down. And I'm like, damn, this is tight. I think I'm going to like get exactly the numbers that I want. And he's like, okay, let's get you into the finance guy. And then I get to the finance guy. And it's like starting the process all fucking over again. He starts you off with all these crazy fees and, and like numbers that where it's like, oh, no, sorry. That was must have been a miscommunication between the dealer and I like this number. And uh, he didn't tell you about this number and then this, that and the other. 
And I'm like, God damn, man. Like, so you have to start arguing again and threatening that you're going to walk out and all this shit until you get the numbers back to where you want them to be. It's such a hassle. And it's like the strategies that they use of like the first 20 minutes that I was in there, I saw the salesman dude like three times. And each time he would come to ask me one question and then I would answer that question. It was usually a one word question, a yes or no. And then he would go, oh, okay, cool. Let me go back and look at something again then. So it's like they leave you there to just get you impatient so that you make bad decisions. But little do they know, your boy got books to read on the iPhone, got that Instagram to fucking lurk on, my plants versus zombies to fucks with, you know. So I'm in there being patient. I'm like, you ain't fooling me. You're not going to fool me and make me impatient. I'll sit there, call my mom on the phone, chit-chat with her, catching up with old relatives and shit. I didn't give a fuck. I was patient, and it worked. But yeah, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you already heard me tweet this joke. But like when, when, uh, man, I'm telling you, when they they say they're going to check your credit, it's like so much has changed in my life since the last time I I got into a lease. Because like right after uh, I got my newest car, or the last car that I was in, like I got laid off. I've been like pretty much unemployed, gainfully unemployed for the last three years, you know, being freelance, what have you doing this stuff, doing the YouTube stuff, doing the, the, the photo stuff. And so it's like, I don't really have an employer per se. So I don't know how that affects your credit. It's like, I know that I've always had pretty good credit, but still waiting for those test results, even though it's just like waiting for an AIDS test results. It's like, Hey man, I've been pretty safe. You know what I mean? But who knows? Maybe there was a slip up somewhere. Maybe I missed a bill somewhere. Maybe I didn't use a condom one time who the fuck knows it's the same feeling where you're waiting to hear back from your credit score and it's like oh god please please be a good credit score just like with the aids test i mean now they do the aids test in like three minutes but back in my day back in my day you whippersnappers we used to have to wait a week for our results and that week you oh my god it was the most nerve-wracking shit it's crazy even though everything you learned in health class they lied to you about and it's much harder for a for a heteronormative male to get aids but that's a whole nother Whole other story that I won't get into right now. Point being, my credit score is pretty good. It's an A rating. Ladies, if you're listening, your boy got good credit. If you got a good job, maybe we could go in on a house together. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I got a new car, and uh, that, and uh, you know, by the time you guys hear this, it'll have been Thanksgiving, so I'm probably sitting somewhere on a couch, feeling happy and fat right now. That being said, El Prez is in the building today. You guys can find his new record with Jansport J. It's called Presport at Presport.com. P-R-E-Z-S-P-O-R-T. I haven't heard the whole thing yet. I'll be honest with you, but I'm going to go download it because, uh, yeah, I'm down. Jansport makes banger beats. I've been knowing about these fools forever. Prez is somebody that I've just seen around at shows since, since I moved to L.A., Real personable dude, easy to talk to, and I think you guys will enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my man, El Perez. It's a brave new world, man, yeah, for, right? a couple, for a couple of OGs like us. Hey, man. Shit. You know, we like to talk a lot about shit old yeah. days and stuff anyway, so yeah. fuck it. Reminiscing <laughs> is fun. Yeah, speaking mm-hmm. of reminiscing shit, I mean, I've, I've been seeing you on the scene for like forever now. Like yeah. we've, I, I moved down to LA in like probably 07 and I would see you are out at shows and shit. Like you've been doing this Likewise, a minute, right? Yeah. 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 I've been doing it a while, man. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start rapping? I mean, I, I started rapping probably when I was 18. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was 18, I really started 
taking it seriously, thinking I could do some senior year of high school, 17, 18, yeah. hopping the ciphers and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, when I got to college, the college I went to, one of my homies that did music on some R&B stuff, he was like, yeah, it's a lot of people I know that do music up there. You, you'll be cool right. going there because I was going to go to a black college. But well, where I, were you going to go? I was going to go to uh, Morris Brown. Okay. Out there in Atlanta just to get away and stuff. Or Clark Believe Atlanta. it or not, I got a scholarship there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't believe anybody could get a scholarship there. But, yeah, so <laughs> I went to CSUN instead, though. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, so, up in the valley. Cal State Northridge, yeah. So I went out there, clicked up with some cats who I knew that had a studio and mm-hmm. had, you know, they was the cats rapping in the lunchroom and all that stuff. And who I wanted that? to be down. So um, it's not a lot. Anybody from there still pop? No, nah, none of them rap, but they all still work in various yeah. parts of it. So like, there was uh, this crew from Oxnard. Were you ever up in Oxnard back then? Nah, I never made it that far. But there was this crew, man. They were pretty good. This dude J Pro was in it in Oxnard. I don't know. There was actually a lot of stuff popping in like kind of the, you yeah. know, Northridge is kind of the tip. What, of the what valley, era are you talking me? about? Like uh, Central California, I guess. Or no, not, I'm talking not about what, what era? Oh, what era? Oh shit! Like uh, two. 2001 2002 yeah, yeah that's around that time i was yeah. there, i was there like 90 99 2000 yeah. so yeah because i was up in santa barbara back then uh-huh. and so like sometimes people from kind of the tip of the valley and, and like oxnard ventura would be coming to santa barbara yeah, and do shows and yeah. shit yeah yeah but i know what you mean like out there I, the name was uh what was them niggas called one-to-one and there's a whole bunch of little names and stuff but they yeah. never really did too much but one of the homies cool stole he does something big with uh nice kicks and kicks on fire he does like a sneaker podcast thing on the weekly so he he's really like his his stuff is popular as hell on youtube and all that stuff but and other cats they do licensing stuff so they still in there doing it but them cats when i was young i was just like oh man and then they had the studio too and yeah you know i was back then this is before pro tools so we was rocking off of a dad yeah yeah and a task Task cam, Task cam, you know, four right. track and right, shit. Right, right, right. So we were doing that, and it was just dope. It was a whole different era. Like, cast to understand that era. It was a privilege to get to record back then, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It, you had to be apprenticed into the game. Absolutely. I waited a year before they would even let me touch a mic to get on a song right you know and i'd be there they would have these things that were dope it was like a cypher every sunday we'll meet up over over cousteau house over jock spot and um he had a little one two-bedroom apartment we'd be in the living room and be like 12 of us and everybody in the valley was that was dope you know cast from la if you heard about this shit they would be coming through because it'll be like eventually it'll be like little record cast come through it was crazy mm. on a low-key tip because one couple of the homies had publishing deals back then so a lot of cats would come in and want to battle, and we'll play like lyrical knockout and stuff like that, where it was just some. You have four bars because there's so many cats. You only have four bars spit all off the dome. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll spit at somebody, and if they didn't come right back at you, they had to get up out the circle type shit. Yeah. So it re- it was a lot of practice. You know, it really honed and, and honed your skills and stuff. Yeah. So I would be in that whole dungeon, you know, for like a year before I could even record on what they was recording. Before they're like, okay, you're tight enough now. Yeah, you're tight enough. Okay, you could do eight bars on yeah, you. Yeah. You know, where are you and your homies at? Let's go do something. Yeah. So I started there doing that and really just made a name for myself on campus and out there. And, uh, you know, just fast forward to getting out of college and coming back to L.A., I kind of died off doing it. Uh, but around 2005, 2006, I came back out here to L.A. Yeah. And around 2000, 
seven, I dropped Presonomics. Yeah, I remember started that from there, so. Yeah, we used to. I used to kind of run in the same circles of you, with you as like the Spliff and the Spliff, um, the Pit, the Pit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like there was a cool little scene going on back in like oh seven, oh eight, filming. Yeah. Like, you from L.A.? You born in born and raised in yeah. L.A.? What part? Uh, Inglewood, South Central. Inglewood. Yeah, so yeah. I've lived all over. So yeah, what's that all about? I mean, that's that's just you know greatest city within the city. You Is know, it? yeah, it's it's probably one of the largest cities within the city. Yeah. Got to be yeah. in America. But um, I grew up in there in the eighties, and it was you know it's a whole different time, man. But yeah. I, I lived all over through Inglewood, but I also lived on on Florence and Normandy and South Central. So if cats don't know about Florence and Normandy, that's where the riots started. Yeah. So I, I actually witnessed shit like that happen, yeah. you know, firsthand. You know, seeing people rolling their trucks up on my lawn and all that type of wow. shit. You know, it's crazy. And me being a mixed, you know, race person, you know, well, my, what mom's is, my mom's is white, my pops is black. Oh, so, okay. you know, a lot of times if people see my mom, you know, which is funny. When people see my mom, they don't think that she's like white. You know, they think, oh, she's mixed with something or da da da. Yeah. Just how she carries herself. You yeah. Know? She don't carry herself hood or nothing like that. It's just, just how she it's carries herself. just she got herself. a finger wave. Yeah, no, nah, nah, not that bad. Not that close. <laughs> close, though. Nah, I'm just messing with you. No. But, yeah, that was a whole different experience. You know, cats don't know about that when they really was like, yeah, you if you wasn't black yeah. rolling through that intersection in that area at that time, you was about you to get... You were Yeah, you yeah. might die. You yeah. know? Are your folks together still? Nah. Were they together when you were a kid? Nah. So you were living with mom or dad? Uh, She had remarried. She remarried? Yeah, word. so I had a stepfather. And okay, stuff, So most of my life. My pops, I just reconnected with him 2010. No shit. To, yeah, I went to A3C. I had to perform, and he's from Atlanta, and he reached out, yeah. He reached out. No shit. That's yeah. crazy. So you didn't know him at all as a kid? Hell no. Wow. Yeah. Was it like uh, pretty bitter about it or what? Nah. I mean, I wasn't one of them kids, man, because I had a stepfather. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that type of shit, you know, like me and him had our issues, but I never was missing a pops or a right. Family was she already like remarried by the time you were kind of cognizant or whatever? Like was was yeah, that? Yeah, she that was like already. Dad? My my pops was out of my life probably. I think he said like one, one and a half, and she had already started messing with who had become my stepfather at like two. Yeah, Because you know? yeah. all his family they know me. Yeah. So did they end up having forever. more? You got brothers and sisters now. Yeah, I got a sister and, like, aunts and all that. So yeah. that's crazy. That, yeah. That's real random, you know. That's a whole other story. But uh, it's dope. Yeah. To me, that's how I look at it. It's just dope. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. no ill will about it. It's it's cool to me because you get to see where you come from. Yeah. And, you know, it's dope finding out that he was a musician. No shit. What did he do? Yeah, he used to uh, be a keyboardist and a uh, background singer for a couple cast session singers. Out. Yeah, I, so would ima- I would imagine that's pretty interesting, like, finding out about your actual genealogy yeah. and figuring out, like, oh, wait, music is in the blood yeah that that was really bugged out to me you know what i'm saying because you it kind of i ain't gonna say it validates it but you just understand where it comes from because in my family nobody you know is right. on a music tip like i am was it weird to see like did you look like him yeah yeah a little bit you yeah know, i look like my mom's mostly but like my eyes and stuff yeah 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 my eyes definitely that's a trip how did he find you on facebook or something he reached out to my mom's on facebook no yeah. shit and it was just like coincidental of like oh well he's gonna be in atlanta this fucking month or something nah he was reaching out and he got my contact from her yeah. and then i was i was like well i'm about to be down there anyway yeah 
And um, he flew me out a month right before, though. Oh, really? So I will say that. Yeah, he flew me out like a month right before. That's cool, man. Like, end of August, and then I went out there beginning of October. Yeah, yeah. So what, you just, like, met the whole family and shit on his side? Yeah. That's so, crazy, man. Yeah, that That's was really real dope. bugged out. That's you know? dope. Old grannies and all type of stuff, man. <laughs> That's dope. That sounds like a cool experience. Yeah, man. I think more people should look at it that way. I don't, you know... I don't think you should have no ill will. It's been so long. How much of a grudge can you really hold against well, and you anybody? Gotta, you got to think, like, you got to put yourself in their perspective. Like, probably yeah. fucking a couple young kids, that shit happened. And it's like, you know, what What was I doing when I was, like, 21 or to 25? Like, thing. if I would have knocked somebody up, like, I would have probably been a fucking that's piece of shit. Thing. Feel me? But, yeah. yeah. That's how my mom was like. She was like, man... Well, not my mom. That's how my pops. He was like, man, you know, I was, I was dealing coke on the side. Yeah, you know, he was selling coke to the other little cats in the little group and stuff. He yeah. got caught up on some, and he had to bail out. But he and I was like, you know, it's like Eminem talking about his mama still on the record, or yeah. how much he hates her or something or whatever. You like, come on, man, like, yeah, dog. You can't hold a grudge forever, man. Right, right. That's very big of you, man. Yeah. Uh, for, <laughs> so, what does stepdad do? My step pops, he's cool. He he used to work for Capital EMI. Oh, really? Yeah, but on the computer side, he used yeah. to do multimedia and stuff. No so. shit, that's tight. What did mom yeah. do? And my mom's computer program used to work for Northrop. Oh yeah, so you got some like nerd genes in you, you too. Cow, you got some that. you got some technology genes in you. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I could do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it like in the '80s in Inglewood? That was a uh, because like its reputation precedes it. Like, but that's what's funny. Everybody, oh, anytime you're out of town, you say, "Oh, Ingl- I'm from Inglewood, up to up no, to no good. good." Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm from Alaska, and I know that. Yeah, shit. see, everybody yeah. knows that, you know, which is dope. But it's certain parts. The city is so big. It's a lot of middle class black folks, a lot of middle class Latinos. Yeah, a, a nice Asian population. I want to say, or used to, yeah. you know, because Gardena has a, a nice size Asian population. Right, and Inglewood stretches basically from Century and Van Ness, which is close to Gardena on the yeah. border, all the way to almost Culver City. Oh yeah, you know, so it's very big, and so you have a lot of different, you know, demographics in there, man. But where I was at. I mostly remember houses and nice shit, you know. Yeah. This is the 80s and the 90s before 2000s where, you you know, my, my peoples were 25, 26 with a home, you know what I'm saying? Where that was possible, where people were like, yeah, I'm going to go get me a house. I'm going right. to, you know, go home somewhere. And that's like an impossibility Hell in the city no. now. Yeah. yeah, you know. So out there was a lot of middle class black folks and stuff. And so I played baseball, did all that regular stuff. Yeah, I think we've know. talked about that. We're yeah. both a couple of baseball players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I remember I used to actually see you around like Hope and um, Cool Roy or Light or whatever. Like I, I used to see yeah, you. Yeah, I know like, them. Yeah, yeah. I, like we would be kind of at the same shows. And I always remember like you and um, you and Cool Roy, who used to go by Light back then, would always have like nice baseball jackets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feel me? And I'd be like, oh, where'd you get that baseball jacket? That shit's a baseball cap. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. What'd you used to play? I used to play for Sportsman. Um, it was second like baseman? Park. All right, I used to play shortstop, shortstop. second base. Yeah, yeah. Pitcher. I could see you as a middle infielder. You got that build. Right field, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't play no more. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, see, I'm a southpaw, so I can only play like first base and pitcher. Yeah, I'm, I'm left-handed too. Are you? And you played shortstop as a left-hander? Yeah, I used to. But see... I you do certain stuff that? left and right, though. Oh, okay. So you yeah, throw with your right hand? Yeah, I, I throw with my left, uh-huh. but I bat right-handed. No shit. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's been a while, but yeah. <laughs> where did you, you go to school at? You went to, in Inglewood? 
like if elementary and stuff like that, or did you get bussed off other places? Nah, I was always off other places because I stayed in Inglewood to about first grade and yeah. stuff, and then I went to Florence and Normandy. So I went to like Raymond Avenue, you know, I went to Horseman, Autobahn. Yeah. Those were a couple infamous junior highs and stuff. How so? Schools. Uh, this is early 90s. So, you know, for example, when I went to Autobahn at seventh grade, they were talking about undercovers and, and getting drugs out the school and shit. And In this is like, grade. yeah, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders, you know? Yeah. So it was bugged out. And the Horseman, it reminds you of like Lean On Me, yeah. East High High. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it was like. Because it was like, like <laughs> early 90s, like the crack wave had already uh, this, hit. This crack, this is after, yeah, after this is right after wave, the crack wave, but this is gang banging at a big all time high. Yeah, like, this yeah. is gang banging. Yeah. Like everything, boys in the hood, all this, you know, that's 90, Minute Society, 91, yeah. 92. Yep, yep. You know, all that, that's South Central, all that, that's. And that's you were right the in the era. thick of all that. Yeah, we was right in the thick. So was that a part of your past? Did you get involved with it or did you manage to avoid it? Nah, that, that kind of, you know, affects me where today I never wanted to be a part of it because I always seen it. Like, cats like Freeway Rick had a crack house at the end of my block. No you know shit. what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I didn't know that till later. I knew that was a crack house, but, yeah. you know, but yeah, like. We seen all that shit, you know, even though me being high look and stuff like that in my background. So when I started going to the nicer schools and stuff, like I went to Windsor Hills and stuff like that, which is in like Baldwin Hills, Ladera Heights, which is like upper middle class. The Black Beverly Hills. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And people thought I lived over there. Yeah. But no, I was getting bussed all the way to the middle of South Central. Uh So it was crazy, you know, seeing all that stuff that cast on. I loved a lot of that stuff, but it was still different, man. It's nothing now never compares back then yeah because castles on one bro like you seen some shit yeah like what, what kind of shit was going down i mean you would daily see cats you know get hemmed up and shit like that y'all the, the whole where you from all that yeah the rtd before it was the mta you know the taking off your shoes if you had on the wrong color type of shit you know all that type of shit so you know, cats getting jacked for stuff, everything. I mean, so were you neutral? Like, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, if somebody, like, how do you deal with that as a kid when somebody rolls up and asks where you're from? Oh, man, hopefully you, you talk your way out of it yeah. or something, you know? I mean, I always didn't carry myself like that. Yeah. My mom's was already freaked out about that type of shit, so she wouldn't buy dumb shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dumb stuff that it'd be like, oh, yeah, throw that on, you know? Yeah. All that red, yeah, that's Oh, here, cool. I bought you this red flannel to she's stay warm like, this way, too. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm not buying you none of that, because cats don't understand that too like I'm from the era where it was swap meets it wasn't just Lawson swap it was all swap me gay swap me Inglewood swap it Gardena swap it was all type of swap meets and stuff and that's why these people wore the clothes that they wore because they was sold at the swap meet because right. they couldn't afford shit else right. so when you see that big dicky jacket and all that shit and the Ben Davis stuff it's because that's what they sold in the swap meet and that was the cheap thing and it's worn right. so they gonna buy that right. so then everybody that ends up that fits that profile ends up everybody fits that profile having the plaid shirt and the, the khakis and the Cortez it's because that's wear. the cheapest shit yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying so our 501s and and Cats still want to be fresh and fly, so you'll still crease your stuff. And, but you fit the format of a game bank. Right. But that's by necessity, not like now. Right. You know? Yeah. So I never had to deal with that. Yeah. You know, my parents never did shopped at them type of store. They never did that type yeah. of stuff anyway. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to Macy's. <laughs> yeah, or we're going to, you know, Montgomery Ward or some <laughs> yeah. shit, Woolworth or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not going, I'm not buying you none of that stuff. I'm buying you all black or something. Right, right. So I never had to deal with it in that angle. And... 
it was just trying to get around it, you know. Uh, they ask you where you from, be like, I don't bang, you know. Yeah, yeah. Other cats that do, they may be on that. You know, I've got Jack before. You know, I got Jack one time for my Anorak in the Jays when I was like 13. You no know shit. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you got to walk home shit, shoeless got surrounded. or what? Nah, my Anorak had a windbreaker. Oh, okay, so, okay. And was fucked up. It started raining afterwards, too. So that was kind of weak. But yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What a day. They say yeah. it never rains in Southern it California. Was Murphy's Law like a motherfucker, day, right? Though. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Damn. But I mean, like, that probably been my worst incident. Yeah, like, yeah, I always found a way to get out of shit. You play sports and, you know, you hang around the right crowd. I always hung. I didn't hang around with the. I knew people. Yeah. And we we had homies like that, but I wasn't out there doing the dirt when they did the dirt. Well, and it's interesting you say like you you know you try to talk yourself out of it because like that comes natural probably as a rapper you could fucking talk your yeah. way out of some shit. You got to be a smooth talker. You got to say so. You got to think fast with your feet. Yeah. You know, like I went to man trust, bro. I went to schools where it was, used to go down. So yeah. You you always had to be on your feet anyway. You get in the fights. You deal with the game bag and stuff just as much in the school, right? As out to school, you know, right? Like it's gonna go down everywhere you look. Yeah. How how was school? Were you an academic kid? Did you like school? I was good, man. Yeah. I was cool, but yeah. yeah, probably after sixth grade, I was real academic. I was magnet program. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Hot, that highly gifted shit. Yeah, and all for that sure. Shit. So I did all that, but probably once I got to junior high, you want to get more social. So. Start slacking off a little bit. Just like nah. No, I was just one. I never did the work. Oh yeah, yeah. I was one of those that came up on the day of the test and do the test, and I'd be right. like, "Cool, I get the A on the test." Right. Good. So like the the book stuff came easy, kind of. Yeah, but I never did the work. So the magnet program is that why you're getting like uh, bust out to Baldwin Hills and yeah. shit? That's cool. So when I I did that like fourth fifth grade, they bust me out. Hella far. I think I went to like Winnetka for like fourth grade. Where's Winnetka? Is that a that's, that's like, like in, out, way up in the valley? Like Willing Hills, I want to say. Oh wow, that's yeah. crazy. So coming from like South Central, damn, which is well, like the one ten. Yeah, just think about that. So or coming what? from the Coliseum to in the morning, that's got to be like a two hour. Bro, I don't think my parents went one time. I don't remember hardly anything from that year. Wow. I think it was maybe about three black kids in the whole school. Cause yeah, it's late eighties. Yeah, yeah. It ain't too much going on. It, we were the reason why they were trying to integrate it and get it going. Right. You know, bring more kids out there. So we're in high school pretty much around the same era. And so, like, I would imagine that a lot of the albums that fucking hit me probably hit you, too. Like, it, you know, it's a 20 year anniversary of Doggy Style. Like this oh, week, yeah. that was such a huge record for me. Like that fucking changed my life. See, I had young parents, too. Yeah. So I had my pops picking me up. You know, in the Jeep, like from Autobahn in, in like 91, you know what I'm saying? With with the tape in playing Black Superman, uh, Doggy Style, The Chronic. I heard The Chronic through my pops, you know. I heard I heard most of that early stuff through my pops and my moms, you know. I heard Enter the 36 first time yeah, through that. That's tight. This, this is what's dope. Huge. Yeah, with my step pops and stuff. First song I ever heard was Mystery of Chess Boxing mm -hmm. and that that cassette single has Mystery Chess Boxing and Cream and I heard mm -hmm. that from my pops and my pops had it, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh Jay Z, Dead Presidents. Mm -hmm. I heard that first time through my pops. He had the single. Nice. Uh you name it. First time I heard that was probably through my pops. That's tight. Uh Doggy Style, The Chronic, all that. They had that. Yeah. So they would play it when we were in the car and stuff. And I remember hearing the chronic for the first... Like, this is how musical yeah. memories used to work back in the day because now it's like you hear a song and it's like, oh, where'd you hear it? And it's like, oh, I heard it on my fucking computer. But back then it was like, man, sixth grade, the chronic came out and I was at like a makeout party at this girl. Yeah. Uh, this girl, <laughs> yo, these two fine sisters, uh, one of them was named Cinnamon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, how about that? I was at a girl's house named Cinnamon downstairs in the basement at. and the chronic was on and we're in sixth grade, like everybody's making out and shit. And so anyways, yeah, I, I don't know, like it's, it's 
different yeah. how music works when you're when we were kids. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a little slower to roll. You know, you attach it to a feeling. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I was talking to somebody about it, where it's like when Thirty Six Chambers came out. Like, yeah you know the internet was celebrating its 20 year anniversary a couple weeks ago or whatever but it's like it came out in like what it was like september or august but i didn't get that shit until fucking like christmas or something and that wasn't no problem and it wasn't like it was old by then you know what i mean that was still the brand brand new shit like yeah that's real like i could relate all that to stuff yeah for sure but i mean it was it was kind of weird like when we was at in junior high i remember seventh grade my art teacher she had posters of cmw and mc8 up really yeah we come strapped and all that. She wow. she had the posters in like the whole thing was like posters of all type of stuff, all type of music. Yeah. But she had that poster up. She had an iced tea poster up. You know, cats like that don't get a lot of respect on the side note too. Cats like Ice T, like that dude was big as hell back in the day. But you know, like I could relate everything to getting stuff. Like my first record I bought with my own money was Low End Theory. You know. Oh really. Yeah, because you didn't have a parental advisory on it, so oh, I was able yeah. to buy it. Yeah, know? that was the whole thing. That, <laughs> yo, that was Cass why. I remember that. That was why me and my best friends we would always do like CD trading during Christmas uh-huh. time because it was like, yo, you talk your parents into buying this record for me, and I'll talk my parents into buying this True. record for you because they would have the parental advisory and they'd be like, oh, it's not my fucking kid. Yeah, like True. yeah, you can give it as a gift, and then we would dub all the all the CDs on a tape for each other. So it's like, yo, yep. you you buy me Red Man, I'll buy you yep. uh, Craig Mack, and like, and you dub yep. it for me, and I'll dub it for you. Feel me? Yeah. We used to do that all the time, yeah. man. This the era. I don't know how they used to do it where you was at, yeah. but out here they used to have a bunch of warehouses in the hood. Oh yeah, yeah. So they would have everybody named Mama would come by and do signings. So it used to be one right by the jungles over there on LeBran Coliseum, LeBran Rodeo. They used uh-huh. to everybody you name it has did a signing there, and it used to be one in the Ladera Center. Yeah, that's a chase now. It used to be a warehouse, and it used to be everybody named Mama would come there and sign. So you. We was exposed to a lot of it early who, if you who, was young. Who'd you get CDs that were signed by back then? Well, I didn't go a lot. Oh. I think I went to the Brat. And that was it. I want to say that was it. Hey, that I remember off the top of my head. That's but for, everybody I, I thought though, of dog. the Brat in forever, but like the Brat was cracking when she This is the first album. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like, I mean, Biggie. What was Biggie that song? That. Funk, uh, something Funk. What was it? Funkified. Yeah, Funkified. Yeah, that That's shit was dope. Was. That I mean, was a he, big record. She had the record with Biggie, the big, the oh, B yeah. side. That yeah, was yeah. it. You know, but I mean, I I grabbed that record. I had that, and I had uh, Summertime. Whatever that album was, that Fresh Prince put. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like ninety two. That was I've talked about that record. That was a big fucking song. That shit really like That was a good record. That swagged out Will Smith. Like you know what I mean? I mean he bit the fuck out of Rock Him, but you know, that's all another note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I you know, he took his whole tone, everything on the song. But but I mean like I had low end theory, so that's why I'm still a Tribe's probably my favorite group to now because that was just the first record I really connected with. It was able once you, because you know the difference versus your parents and stuff buying you records yeah. and you buying you stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. So, but I mean, real quick to get back to what you were talking about though, on discovering the stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff I discovered though, you had to be around, like you said, your friends. Or I was like the YMCA. A lot of time when I first heard the, the raunchy stuff, like Too Short and all that, that was my camp counselor and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, yeah, absolutely, friends. Like I remember, I remember. Um, I used to go to a youth center after school every day. Like it was yeah. right across the street from my school. We would play basketball and stuff. But it was like there was this older dude named Lamont, and he was like the yeah. he was like the star of our high school basketball yeah. team. That that sounds racist coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I remember this dude Lamont. I think it was 
And like he was just the fucking G at our school, like super yeah, most yeah. popular dude. But yeah. for some reason, he fucked with me and my little friends. Like we were like the little yeah. homies, you know what I mean? And so he was always putting us onto like the new shit. And I remember when like crisscross dropped. Like he was probably in eighth or ninth grade, and we were in like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And crisscross came out, and he's like rapping. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, you haven't heard of crisscross yet? Oh shit, yeah, man, you behind, you know? Uh-huh. So yeah, it was all about like having friends that were in the know. Oh yeah, man. Like I- also, we come from a time when MTV played music, feel me? And like the box and shit. The box. Man. You saw a lot of stuff through TV, man. A lot of stuff you saw the video and it really connected. Yeah. That's definitely true. We I had an older cousin, she used to tape all that stuff, like Video Soul, Rap City, because you we from the era where you had cable. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go like on my grandmother's house to watch B T or yeah. something like that. So I mean we used to always watch the videos and that was a big connection to buying something. Yeah. You know, but Definitely my friends, like my camp counselor, man, he used to be a trip. He used to have like all the J's and we had been in summer camp. I remember one time he was just breaking down Dre Day to us, like why he's dissing Easy and everybody. Yeah, he was like, this, when he say this, he dissing Cube. When he say he go up there, you know, put the street knowledge and put the dome to us. Tell me, he talking about Cube and all. I'm all like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, aw- that's awesome that you had someone to explain that to me because like I didn't get it back then. Like I listened, I'm like, oh, this song is so tight. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't get it. Now I listen and I go, oh, my God. Like, when he's like, Luke's I, bending yeah, over like, and Luke's getting yeah, stuck. Yeah, I'm like, how did, I not, how did I not fucking understand what they were talking about? But same with like Wu-Tang Records. Like oh, when I yeah. listen to 36 Chambers now, it all makes so much sense. But it was like a different language back then. Bruh. The slang was so thick. Bro, I love Wu-Tang, dog. Yeah. Like Wu-Tang is forever for real because like – when you understand what they saying. So crazy. Oh, you done, dog. When I first heard, real quick, before I say that story, I had a college roommate. Yeah. Dope dude, first dude I had Pro Tools with, all that. Yeah. But he was like super big Wu-Tang dude. So, you know, my freshman, these, these whole time I'll be in a studio where they lived at. So he would just be breaking down that shit on his off time. Like, man, just this with it. He like, he had You God, he had Massacre, he had everybody shit. He would be breaking down what they saying. So, now I understand when you listen back to it and what they actually saying, you're like, oh, fuck. They was on a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. A whole nother level. If you break down, go, I could, you could break down ghosts, all that stuff. Yeah, man. exactly. And it's interesting to me, like, after having done, like, some adult reading or whatever and, like, got like having read, like, the autobiography of Malcolm X and, yeah. like, all these various texts and, like, understanding a little bit more about, like, 5%er culture and yeah. stuff like that and then going to listen, it's like, oh, this shit, like, really makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a foreign language. Like, nah, I thought they was, I was really talking yeah. some yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was science, man. dude, real talk. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. I was, I was in the... Ruth, Alex Haley, Bruce, Autobiography, Michael Max, 5% stuff when I was like 13, really? 14. Well, yeah. see, I, I'm white. All through rap. Yeah. I'm, I'm white, so we didn't get, we didn't get, oh, that, that wasn't good. a sign yeah. reading. For, no, yeah, nah, it's all good. It wasn't a sign reading for <laughs> no, us, no, too, but yeah, rap. I feel yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, my pops, like I said, he used to work Capital EMI, so he yeah. used to get a lot of free CDs. So I, oh, I tight. Had, my homie had the purple tape. Oh, like the actual purple tape. Oh, yeah. That's tight. Yeah, I know about that's That is the illest shit ever because yeah. I remember that mystery around that tape. Yeah. You know, like that tape was passed around. Like I didn't get that tape up for six months. By that know? time, it sounds all fuzzy from too many rewinds yeah, and shit. Yeah, like, but I had the purple CD. Oh, yeah. It had a purple CD case and stuff, yep. though. Yep. But that, that shit was, I mean, that in Iron Man, bro, like it was a white cat, man. He had Iron Man first. Like you remember these type of things. I when remember it's who gave records. Me, I remember who left Iron Man in my car. Like, uh, you, you know, see? Yeah, because like I got into Iron Man late for some reason. And uh, my my friend Spencer, like, we were out smoking one day right after yeah. I got my fucking whip as a 16-year-old. And he left Iron Man in my car. and was all beat to shit. And I must have listened to it a thousand more times after that. So, yeah, yeah it's an amazing I mean, record. That type of stuff had me 
back watching a bunch of exploitation films and stuff. When you watch it, you see where they grabbed a lot of that right, stuff. And then, right. you know, we got into the karate stuff and everything real big, you know, Last Dragon, all that. Yeah. What other sports were you playing in high school? Baseball, uh, basketball. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball. Ba- I didn't play baseball in high school, though. I stopped playing at 14. I wanted to play basketball. I lost interest in it. Were you excelling in basketball? Are you pretty good or what? I was cool. Yeah. I played until 10th grade, but I didn't really do nothing major. Yeah. I, I wasn't like on JV or nothing yeah. like that. I just had fun playing. So what else was high school about then? Well, you know, everybody want to play basketball and shit. And, you know, you want to do this? I'm going to be a big player. You know, everybody thinks that at like 8th, right. ninth grade. But my My school... Um, if guys didn't know, it was Westchester, so it was a big ass basketball power and all. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, everybody, and their mama was gonna be on this team. Yeah, you know, this Cal State champions, all type of stuff. So it was very, very hard to get on stuff. So around tenth grade, I kind of gave up that dream. Yeah, and I was already just big into rap. I was big into comic books and stuff to about twelve. Oh, what comics were you reading? Oh, all Marvel, bro. Yeah, X Men, Mar- Marvel yeah. Universe too. I was a big X Force. Or, I mean, I, not yeah, X Force. The the young cats, like the teenage anything, X- mutant, yeah, X yeah. Factor, X Force, yeah, yeah. Wolverine. Oh, I love that, bro. Any Spider Man, John Romita type of stuff. Yeah. Todd McFarlane. I'm big on that. Image Comics. Yeah, I was I was hard on that stuff, and my walls was all that Wizard magazine <sighs> cutouts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until about twelve, and then it got replaced. My mom's had a source. My mom's had the source for Cypress Hill on the cover talking about weed and shit. And what was dope when the source was actually hella dope, they had this thing about crack, right? Uh-huh. That's whole little special on crack. It was like two issues. And so it was a whole like two, four page spread out on how to make crack. And wow. it was all cartoonized, you know, like drawing yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Hilarious though. Yeah. Like this one, the source was dope back then, but... Because yeah. Cypress Hill, they must have hit the cover of this first in like 92 or 91. It's probably 93. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. probably insane in the membrane. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what they were talking about. So it was around that that album. Yeah. You know, A Temple's a Boom or whatever that yeah. was. So she had that magazine and I, I stole it from her. I just took it. Yeah. She left it in the car and I took it and I was reading. I was just like, man, I'm hooked. From then on, I had already started listening to the CDs and my pops and my mom's a big music person too. So it's always was instilled. So I couldn't listen to, I mean, I couldn't watch TV. I listened to the radio. I'm one of them kids that pause tape yep. and listen by the radio with your headphones. I'm one of them, you yeah. know? So I got into all that heavy, bro, yeah. you know? So I saw, we're like aging ourselves so much. But it's funny. I, saw I, know, the, right? <laughs> I saw this video. I saw this video the other day online about like actual mixtapes, like making actual mixtapes. And it was like explaining it as if it were, as if you were explaining it to like a tween or something. And it's like, back <laughs> when we actually used to make mixtapes, like we yeah. might sit in front of the radio for four hours waiting for the song to come on just to press play, <laughs> just to press record at the right time. And like, that's some, real sound shit. So lame. that's some real shit. Oh, that's some real shit. They did. Castle yeah. know about the tissue paper in the in the tops. You yeah. know, dub it over. Pause tapes. Yeah. Oh man, it's crazy. So you went to high school in Westchester. It sounds like you kind of like got to see all of LA through getting bust places. Feel me? Like you were like, true that. Yeah. yeah so that. where do you settle on now? Like where do you live at? I stay in Inglewood now. You, so you just went yeah. back to Inglewood after yeah, after I'm having gone all city. You decided that's yeah, the place. I'm back in Inglewood. My mama in Inglewood. Yeah. But I moved back to Inglewood like 16. Yeah. Yeah, by the airport. What's Westchester's like socio-demographic? Like what kind of people go to Westchester? The beach. Yeah. White beach people. 
But the school was probably 80% black when I was there. Right. Probably 70 to 80% black or minority. Yeah. Also. We didn't have a big Latino population. It's probably hella big Latino population, but that's probably goes for any school in L.A. now. Ha- yeah, having lived in L.A. <laughs> for a while and knowing, like, and being, like, involved in the, the kind of rap culture. Like, I've heard that Westchester is, like, a heavily black school, but it's all kind of like, uh, it's like Spliff kids. It's like the kids that would go to the Spliff were from Westchester, right? Yeah, like even more so. Like it always had a reputation, even from when my parents went yeah. to school and stuff, of being a fashion show. Yeah, being where the pretty light skinned girls go and the curly hair. That's what I've always heard. You know, it's like it's like the pretty light skinned girls. Not the gangster school. No, can the homie he used to he dubbed it. It's like where the cool black nerds go. Feel me? Like it's like yeah. streetwear kids. Yeah, kind where you of think where the kids that live in Black Beverly Hills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they went. Yeah, they went there. Hamilton yeah. Palisades. Yeah, yeah. And all these, if you, you know, Palisades doesn't even have no gate. You know what I'm saying? Right by the beach. You know, we were five minutes away from the beach, but it was just, it was dope. Yeah. Because when I got there, I mean, I came from Palms, which is. I live in Culver City. I know where Palms is. Okay, so I went to Palms Middle School. I, I went to hella schools. I was, I was kind of bad. So yeah. I went to hella school. I kicked out a couple schools. Huh. And so when I left Palms, I went to Westchester because all my homies that I went to elementary with. They all were going there because that's how they the school trajectory was yeah. going. So we got there and it's a whole different, you know, shock, bro. You get there. We used to rock in 501s and whatever you got on on your yeah. tops. And as long as you had on some dope Nikes or something, right. you was pretty cool. You know, some Harachis or something. Man, you get there, bro. Everybody's like Polo down. You know, Nautica down, Eddie Bauer. You know, Tommy wasn't even around yet like that. But DKNY, yeah. you know, like Castle's in there with like, $300 outfits huh. sitting in class, you know, polo chinos with the deck shoes and the, the flannel tucked in, you know, like it, it was just a whole different vibe, you know, where you was just like, man, and all the chicks was bad. All of them were bad. So you like, man, my first, I remember that to this day. I told my homie about that. Your first day on the quad on that yard, you get out there and you just like, man, this, this bugged out. Is that where you went all four years for high school? Yeah, I didn't leave after that. Yeah, I was cool the, after that. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't a bad person. I just did dumb shit at times. You got any funny <laughs> stories about dumb shit that you did the guy you kicked out of school? Yeah, I got one. Let's, <laughs> hear, let's hear a good story. All right, real quick. Uh, I got kicked out of Autobahn because I was with this dumb, with these other two dumb cats. And the one kid, he was just one of them bad ADD type of cats, I guess. You know, one of those would probably set fire to a cat or something. <laughs> You know, one of Future them serial killer? Yeah, one of yeah. those, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's like, man, we've been going to the mall and just stealing out the mall. Let's go ditch and go to the mall. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's go ditch. I right, fucking, I ain't got that many friends at the school anyway, yeah. so. Where's Autobahn at again? Uh, King Crenshaw. Oh, okay, okay. So we go to Ballin Hills Crenshaw. Right, right there by Lamert Park. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we go to Ballin Hills Crenshaw Mall. It was a Sears in there. So we go into Sears and they like, can't no kids Shout out to Sears. In. That's where I bought my refrigerator that's currently in my house. Whoa, at, whoa. at that particular one right hey, there on King. I got a cool Crenshaw deal. I got a good deal. I got a good deal. <laughs> See, there you go, man. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, we went in there and he was like, yeah, you crawl under the counter. Don't nobody be at the little thing. Because in department stores, they'll have these little, you know, outposts and yeah, stuff. And yeah. they were selling all Nintendo games. And this is like when, what, the Super Nintendo first came uh-huh. out. So I like Mario Paint and Mario Whoop Whoop. And yeah, all this. yeah. He was like, yeah, let's go over there and do that. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. And we would go to Walden Books oh, yeah. and go steal <laughs> trading cards. Yeah. Like the comic book ones, mm-hmm. baseball, basketball. This is when all the trading cards stuff was big. Yeah. So MTV rap cards, all that. Oh, yeah. So we went in there. He showed me how to steal that. So I stole that. Then we went into the Sears and he crawled under the shit. 
and just started racking them. I had a backpack we threw. I had Mario Paint. We maybe took maybe about 10 games Donkey and Kong shit. Country and yeah, shit. Yeah, we had yeah. all type of shit. Yeah. So, get home, trying to play it, and obviously you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Because your parents are like, what Where the, the fuck, fuck is that? Where did you get that Where did you get that from? That looked expensive. Yeah, yeah. so then the other kid gets caught up because he, you know, he probably was a bitch anyway. Yeah, yeah. He probably, he snitches on himself and all that stuff and snitches on himself. We go to the school. The school calls my parents oh, and tells shit. you what happened. They're like, yeah, long story short, we caught you on tape from like the lingerie department. What? The camera from all the way over there yeah. had caught y'all like going under there and stealing. Oh, damn. And then after that, they ain't let no kids in there till like after school let out. Like 315. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No kids could be allowed in the mall by themselves and shit. But yeah. Damn, yeah. you guys set a precedent. Yeah, we did. It was dope. You made LA safer for everyone. Yeah, so everybody was like, "Man, where'd you go?" Like, I was like, "Man, I, I got kicked out." So where'd you have to go after that? Is there? Is I there, went to Palms. Oh, that's when you started going to Palms. When you get kicked out of a school, is there like a period where it's like, okay, man, you can't go to any other schools for like a couple of weeks or something? It depends on what you did. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really do nothing bad. Yeah. So they're just like, you could go to you gotta go to another school now. If you like beat up somebody too tough, or say you stab somebody, I knew or people that got caught with like knives or something like that, you got kicked out the whole district. Oh wow. And that ended up on how you got a lot of people in Victorville and Palmdale and Lancaster. Uh, they would have to move. Yeah, your yeah. parents have to move because you couldn't go nowhere into LAUSD. Uh, that's you know? crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Inglewood has their own school district. You got some pockets like that, but you, if you wasn't, yeah, you got kicked out of LAUSD, it's all bad. Man. Yeah, actually, I kind of, I've heard that from people that like, that's how a lot of like the gang culture ended out. Ended yeah. up out in the sticks is because families were having to relocate because they get kicked out of school or what have you, and they then expel them, they yeah. take they take the fucking gang yeah. culture with them, and then all of a sudden there's gangs and that that, uh, that nice apartment complex out is, in the middle of the fucking desert yeah, and shit, repping Grape Street or something. Huh. Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, my school was, my school was cool though, man. Yeah. I went to Palms after that though, so I was in junior high. So I did all six in elementary, and but I only did seventh, eighth, because when I got to Palms, it was already a middle school. This is before they started changing everything to middle school. So I only did two years. And so at Palms, I used to ditch every day and would be out. Where would you guys uh, go? It used to be this cold-ass arcade, like, video game spot. Yeah. And they'll let you, they had a Super Nintendos and everything, like, hooked up and, like, candy and shit. And you just play your game. You pay them, like, a dollar, and you could play the Super Nintendo for, like, 20 minutes. Oh, that's tight. So we will sit in there, had a rich homie. He was the bad nigga that he brought wire cutters. And it was like a was double ball palms, yeah. where, which was dope for us, probably whack for them. Yeah. The yard was across the street. Uh-huh. So they had a tunnel that went under the street. Oh, to get to the to get to the recess yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. So they would close it and reopen it. Yeah. They would they would open it to let the people come from PE, uh-huh. you know, get on the other side. Then they would close it. And then like 10 minutes into lunch, they would open it back up, let people go over there. Huh. So it was a couple classes over there too, and obviously PE. So if you got out of your class and you got over there on that side uh-huh. by time, and you just ducked in the cut when it was telling everybody to go, you'd be over there by yourself. And so the homie one day he went and just wire cutted some shit in the handball course in the cut, and we knew it was there. And everybody just made a mad dash out of class to wow. get over there and meet up. And we go to like you guys are like pulling heists to get out of class and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was crazy. an expert, bro. Uh, I'm good. I used yeah. to jump out of windows. I've jumped out of windows, everything, dog. What, I'm trying to think, like, where where the fuck is the elementary school, or the middle school in Palms? I live right there. Soft like, I want to say Palms. Like soft Palms? Palms. Like, yeah, Soft Palms. I live right there on, like, Venice in Palms. But don't if you guys are listening, don't come to my house, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's over, like, Apple in Palms oh, or yeah, whatever yeah. that shit is yeah, over yeah. there. Why'd you pick um, Westchester over Hamilton? 
Cause all my homies went there. Oh, I wasn't yeah. going to Hamilton. I didn't know nobody from Palms like that, so I, I wouldn't try and kick it with them. Right. All my homies I went to elementary with went, to, went West to West Chester. So I was like, let's go. Plus, it was the coolest school. Went there and it was just popping. You know, like that school was. I learned everything from that school in college. You know, but that school was like where it was at, where I learned to dress and where I had my infatuation with what I like to wear and how I carry myself to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like sneakers, not from like me, even me and the homie Tyler was just talking about that earlier. I'm not for no sneakerhead shit. I wouldn't consider myself that. I'm more so I, I had it because the dope dealer in the school or the, and the cool niggas had to fucking coded shoes they had, and they had a new pair every week yeah and you was like nigga i want those and i right, come from right. the era of buying one pair a year right for the school year you better not mess yeah, them up better not you know? fuck them up exactly yeah so i mean it was dope man i learned i got a lot of shit out that's there. where you started rapping at senior year yeah. senior year but i got a lot of music i was just a big music kid before i ever rap. i never wanted to rap yeah I just was loving the music, so I never wanted to be the dude like, oh, I love it so much, I want to rap like these other cats that be in school acting like they was from New York and all Were this. Were you getting to go to shows and shit? <laughs> I went to Unity yeah. once. Uh-huh. Uh, I went one time to a Cypress Hill concert. That was the first concert I ever went to. That's tight. Uh, this white cat took me to in my class. Um, I got to spend a night over his house, and we went. Where was, was that at? It was at the Strong. Oh, okay. And it was the only thing I remember... It was a cloud of smoke. I never started smoking till college, but yeah. it was a cloud of smoke, and they were throwing like sacks into the crowd. Yeah, I feel like they probably still do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I believe I've, it. I've always it's like still this ritual of like like to be the person that 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 uh, be real calls on stage to hit the six foot bong or whatever. Yeah, me. all that type yeah. of stuff. I don't know if that bong was there, but it was it was during that era. I want to say, man, it was crazy. So, but no, nah, I didn't get to do see no shows, man. Uh, my homies got to go to a lot. Like my homies, they get to they got to go to a lot more stuff. My moms and my pops used to trip, so I used to be on like punishment for like two, three years. Huh. But um, they went to like smoking grooves. I remember was one that I really wanted to go to. Where they had seen Tribe and Cypress oh, yeah, yeah. and Outkast and Erica Badu and George Clinton. Right, and all this. I remember reading about that. Fuji. Right, right, right. It's so funny, like. Um, there was like no music scene where I was from, but I was like big into music. Cause like how your mom had a subscription to the source. My pops had a subscription to Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. So I was like always digging into the Rolling Stones and shit or like the Rolling Stone magazines. Yeah. And, and like the first thing that I started doing when I came to California, when I moved here was like, I was at shows all the fucking time, but it was, I was in college. So it was like, I could go to shows. You know what I mean? When I had the opportunity, I definitely went. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so you decided to go to CSUN. I was popping. I mean, I went to CSUN and really made a name for myself. Like, at Westchester, it was cool. Yeah. A lot of people knew me or know me and stuff now, but it was I wasn't in the in crowd or nothing like that. I knew a lot of chicks. Yeah, know? yeah. But CSUN was totally different. You know, I got there. We had just started going to parties, I want to say, like, 11th grade. You're, like, living in the dorms or what? So, yeah, I was in the dorms. I did all that. Yeah, yeah. So, I was infamous at CSUN, man. So, we, um, I just went in there with that. Intent of uh, the homie said I could kill it. I'm gonna kill it. Yeah. So they had this thing called Lyricist Lounge. That was one main thing that they started in, like that first week. Yeah. And so we gained a lot of clout because these other cats, like I was telling you, they was pretty big. Like they pretty much was the niggas who ran the shit rap wise on campus, you know. And so they thought they were just gonna go in there and do the little shits, and you probably have some corny cats do a little right, faux bars, right. jumping the cipher at the end. But everybody got to sign and go up, and you do your little raps. A couple people maybe said some poetry or some dumb shit. But um, <laughs> we got the up poets, there. No shots fired. Yeah, that yeah, was. right. <laughs> but we got up there, and my homie he sung. Yeah. So 
he could sing his ass off. So me and him got up there. I wrote my rap. He came up with his little hook. Yeah. He was like, well, this is what we're going to do. So we got up there. And right before we get up there, during a the break, cats started busting on the cypher. So we rapping. And then one of the cats was rapping. One of these cats from their crew was rapping. He said something. And he motioned to my hat being to the side or something uh-huh. like that. And so I dissed the nigga when he's right, right. I cut him off. And I didn't cut him off, but I, I dissed him. I rapped next and I, I killed him. Mm-hmm. And it was all like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh, how dare you do yeah, something? Yeah. So, and then we get up there and we do our little rap. And it's, you know, everything back then was real boastful. You know, like right. big pun and stuff is how I learned to right, rap. Right, and right. Black Thought and all that. That was the cast I was writing shit over. So. Uh-huh. I was all on that battle rap type of stage. So we'd saying all type of stuff. And the hook was like, can't fuck with us and shit, uh-huh. you know, or something like that. You know, I don't remember. But I was reading it off the paper, though, because, I, you know, I didn't know stuff like that yet. Right. I didn't even know how to write 16 bars. So I'm up there, did it off the paper. All the little chicks love it. All the little chicks in the front. The older chicks is on us. You know, we like right. 17, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. freshmen. So yeah. 17, 18. And so it was funny. They come up like maybe a couple people later and indirectly disses on saying some shit about niggas rapping off the paper or oh, something yeah, like that yeah, so yeah. whatever but afterwards I gained a lot of respect from that because they reached out to me afterwards like I ran into a couple of the cast probably the next week yeah. going to into a dorm and they was like yeah you was dope and then we exchanged numbers and it was like hey come through to this and yeah. then I got into that whole that whole you know boot camp they was doing you know yeah. I really honed my skills you know that's so interesting. I, I, it makes me wonder if like kids, um, if kids these days, these, these whippersnappers. No, nah, but like I wonder if shit like that is still going on in college. Because like uh, when I first moved here, I was I went to um, Cal Poly Pomona. For, uh-huh. Like that's where I decided to move to from Alaska for some reason. Uh, and so <clears throat> Pomona. Fucking, yeah, I was like living in the dorms there. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know it was like a fucking commuter school. So like the dorms are kind of empty there and shit. Mm-hmm. But um, we started this thing called Session A uh, that I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it still goes on. And if if anybody from Session A in Pomona listens and shout outs. But I was there. It was the first year that they started that. And it was like me and this kid Graham and this DJ kid. I can't remember his name. Like we just kind of started rapping in dorm rooms. And then one day we decided to like take it downstairs to the lobby. And like they set up their DJ tables and fools just started rapping. Go. And like... There you go. People started coming, and all of a sudden it was a weekly thing. And then I, for a while, I don't know if it still goes on, but for a while, like it got pretty big. And they've actually like they had paid me to come back and perform there with like Binary Star or something. That's dope. Before they they didn't even realize that I was. I'm like, oh yeah, I was one of the people that started this. You know, that's uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. Like continued on. Yeah, I mean, CSUN definitely had a lot of that, mm-hmm. but they CSUN definitely benefited too from a good student body at that time mm-hmm. that they were they really had some big hip hop heads so we had some like a noontime concert right they yeah, would do yeah. It every who Wednesday. would come through bro they had Raekwon come oh, through that's half a Wu-Tang West Side Connection this was before I got there yeah um, a bunch of like this was known like even all the cats that rapped yeah. you guys the Good Life cast all them, a lot of cats that rapped they knew oh, you, we could go open for such and such we go over there to see some because they had this and everybody could come it's free right in the choir right. and they had them come perform so that's when I first got my real real taste of some concert stuff was, was there like my first show was uh, seeing Exhibit Oh yeah, and, and I was a huge Razzcast fan, you know, from from Solo Nice, from mm-hmm. Remain or Not, first song. Like I've always been a big Razzcast fan. Mm-hmm. Like I have his second album on bootleg tape because mm-hmm. a cat came up to me like two, three months before, like, "Hey, I got it. You want to buy it? Ten dollars? I bought a ten dollar tape, you yeah. know." But that was the first concert I seen. It was Exhibit. 
Dead Prez before they was even known. Um, and somebody else. And my homies opened. And so that shit was crazy. Just yeah. seeing the chain swing back and forth and all that. And you see the loud street team out. Everybody going to starter jackets with the loud shit. Passing out the stuff. And I did street team stuff in high school. Who did street never team for? For loud. For um, Atlantic. Nice. Yeah. We used to get a bunch of, just for the free stuff. Yeah, they yeah. ship it to one cat at the school. And then he give it to the rest of Hand us. Hand out flyers. And then everybody gets a little Stickers. bit of free swag. Yeah. I used, that's why I was so big in the music. I used to have hella promo shit. I used to intern for uh, Mike Nardone. We oh, came uh, from beyond the LMU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you back when I was fourteen. That's dope. With this Jewish cat, he put me up on when we was in high in junior high. So no shit. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I've been on some underground shit for a long time. Yeah, but I never was rapping till I got out of high school. Or did you Did you ever end up opening for any of the gigs at at CSUN? Yeah, I had my own. I got paid before all that Hell shit. Yeah. Pay me shit. They paid me four fifty one time. Bang! While you're in college. Yeah, while that's I was in tight. college. While Hell I was yeah. in college, I did a new time. But by this time, it died off. But they had exhibit was gravy. I seen dead prayers burn. They was like, nah, fuck schools. Fuck the teachers. This is before nobody even knew who they was, yeah. bro. Like before that album came out, it's probably two years before. Cause this is 98, dog. Yeah. And they burning dollar bills on stage. And I'm just like, dog, this is the greatest shit ever. Yeah. Like, you know, I was I was turned off. I'll tell on. you what, white people still flip out when that song comes on. The the bigger yeah. hip hop but for some reason. Oh, yeah. For some reason that man. That beat is hypnotizing. White people man. love that shit. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you majoring in as he son? Uh what was I majoring? Radio T V film. Radio T V film? So what did you did you work at the radio station there? No, I just didn't wanna I didn't want to do no math and science. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, yeah, that's like, that's the majors what. to do the least. Yeah. What I did most was rap, man, and yeah. party like you know, I I did a couple of interviews at the radio station, but our radio station was fucked. So they didn't even allow rap stuff till I was out of there. Probably, no shit. I want to say. Till yeah. I was out. They were not big rap cats. Did you end up getting your degree? No. What'd you do? What made you decide to stop? Money. Money? Just owed too much. Yeah. While I was, I never uh, benefited. I always had loans. Yeah, yeah. And I had like loans you had to pay back while you in school right. it just got to be too much man so yeah. I only did one year in the dorms and i moved out to another dorms the, the ghetto dorms cross street yeah we, we really hooded it up i mean we used to do a bunch of shit man like i used to have like i got kicked out of the dorms for throwing a party at like 100 people in the dorm room yeah. a couple times yeah. wow. 300 people in the parking lot that's too funny had a side show in my parking lot <laughs> Really? Hey, it was it was bugged out, bro. Like, and we used to all have it with like two stereo systems. Yeah, uh, somebody bring their other big ass six CD stereo system. Uh-huh. We hook them both up with the wire, and then play this one. And when that one ended, you just lower that one. You raise this one up with nice. the music playing, and yeah. that's how you doing it. You know, nice. What did you do when you decided like, okay, I can't afford school no more? Time to hop into the job market or what? Nah, I was I was already hella big doing the raps. Doing the rap shit. Yeah, because the one of the cats I know. When I got in with these rap cats, you know what I'm saying? That was one thing. And then they kind of died off on it. Uh But then around my third year, yeah, I want to say around early 2000s, me and the homie that was just hella dope to me, that we always did stuff together, he started rocking with these other cats that was at the school trying to do rap stuff now. And it was pretty weak. Uh But the one cat was good with doing beats. Uh And he had a beat machine. And he was all about getting stuff. So he had the spot, he had the complex, it was a chick in the complex I was fucking with that kicked it over there all the time. So I ended up starting kicking over there all the time. And then he gets Pro Tools. And this is when Pro Tools, you couldn't get Pro Tools outside the studio, they barely was putting it in the studio. Right, right. 
You know, like uh, you really would see it in a lot of studios. So he got it for the home. He went to Guitar Center, maxed it out, got the iMac, everything. That's powerful enough to have the Pro Tools. He had the inbox, I mean, the first Digi 001, and we was in there rocking. Yeah. It was, um, and it was a group from L.A., these cats called Universal Kings, which is, they was, they was crazy, man. It was some crazy hip-hop 5 percenter cats. Uh-huh. But they were dope in how they would, like, the whole do-it-yourself mentality. That's where I get all that from, the whole fuck-you mentality. That's, I get it all from them. Mm-hmm. Like, they would come up. Because they was messing with one of the chicks or something that was over in that area in the apartment, some Asian chick in the back. And so they would come up and they found out he had to do the Pro Tools. So they'd be over there all the time, too. So long story short, it'd be like 15 people over in this house. And we all would be there all times of the day. You kicking it, smoking weed, drinking, recording, rapping. You know how it'd be. you just be there rapping, everything. So I would start going to shows with them. And that's how I went to Project Blow for the first time and stuff. Because they were all good in that network. Mm-hmm. And so... They were the ones that got me on the... I, I didn't seen these niggas bum rush hella stages. UCLA Jazz Fest. Like, hella shit they were not supposed to be on. And they would bum rush the stage, start performing a song, and they would rock so hard... That they just let them go. Yeah. That's crazy. They're like, oh, we can't stop them, dog. I mean, they, the crowd is fucking with them. You know, they're stage diving all type of crazy shit that's amazing so these cats would do that and i would roll with them i wouldn't even be rapping i'll just be rolling with yeah. them and i i mean i learned so much just from how they would be do it yourself but one of them cats came up i don't know how he came up on it comes up on an external cd burner yeah so you fell off a truck yeah you know how i go yeah so he had this shit this is my nigga too i can't remember his name right now but this dude was bugged the fuck out but he's my nigga he, he do all type of shit and he had it and one cow to be there Around the clock. Burning CDs. Burning CDs. And it was a 7-Eleven right next door to our apartment building. And we would go right there. We would make the music here. We'll put it onto the burner without, without knowing a lot of shit. Uh-huh. So we'll fuck up a lot. Put it on the burner. Burn the burner. Take your Sharpie. Write it on there. Half time we didn't even have no case to give you. And we'll go stand our black ass in front of 7-Eleven yeah. and try to sell it. That's funny. $5. $2. So I learned all that early on bro i used to always in college take um computer lab jobs because they would have they would have external cd burners at the computer labs uh-huh. and so then i would be like okay i work here and like i'd be like yo if you guys need me i'll be over here in the corner by the cd burners and i would take two computers and be burning like demo cds See? on both computers at the same time until i'd have like 100 cds that i pressed you know what i'm saying yeah man we used to rack we used to rack cd oh, make yeah. kits and yeah. all that the little popping things and all that yeah, jewel I, cases. Yeah, we used to get all that, bro. We from the early because my I had another homie who was a bootleg dude. Yeah, he had bootleg CDs in '98. Uh huh. So uh, and this dude was buying cars. He was leasing cars off buying CDs wow. like on the campus and everything yeah. from selling bootlegs. So I knew where to go get them. Right. You know, I knew where to go to fries or to go to whatever. I could knew where to go get the CDs for cheap and the cases and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Early on, we was like, man, fuck all this going perform at a showcase and all that. Plus, we in the valley with no car anyway. Yeah. Dog, we, we about to be out here and just move it. And so I did that for so long till I just was broke. And I was like, man, I got to go back to L.A. Yeah. So I moved back in with my pops. And I got out here. And it took me a second to get back on my feet. But once I got back on my feet, around 06, I got on the, the internet. That's what that's where it, it popped off at. That's why I, I started reaching out on the internet, finding um I was being okay player a lot yeah. in college and stuff. Uh-huh. And I don't know, somehow somewhere that probably led me to other shit. Yeah. But then I got to um West Coast Riders. That What's was the first project you put out that you felt started to gain some traction? 
Presonomics. What year was that? 06, 07? 07. 07. So a lot of people that know me, they don't know. Like, they don't know when they hear this interview, yeah, but they yeah. don't know. I've been doing shit forever. Right, right. Forever. You know, half the casting, I'm like 25 anyway. Yeah. But I've been doing this forever, and I failed. You know, I went through a hell out writer's block of two years, you yeah. know, where I couldn't think of shit that was dope. Cats that were hella whacking and me were telling me my shit was whack. Right. You know, like, what the fuck? Like, it took me a while, but it was because you had lost a love for it. Yeah. And so when I came back and when I When did you realize you'd myself, lost the love for it, though? When I moved back to L.A. That's when That's, that's when, when I moved. Yeah. I was just going through a lot of stressful shit. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shit going on, and I just wasn't coming with nothing. Nothing made sense, and it wasn't fun no more. Yeah. So, you know, when Presidentomics... That was my whole big thing. Yeah. My homie, a couple of my homies from college, they moved back out here too. And my homie, uh, Saran, shouts to him. He knew a couple of people from CMW and shit like that. And uh, one of his homies was fucking with Game and Spotter Loke and all that stuff. And they knew a studio way out there. So uh, he was like, come through. And my other homie, who I kick it with a lot of the time, he was rapping. So we would go over there and try to rap again. But one of my homies out here that didn't go to college with us that we know from high school, I come when I come back to LA, I found out he got us he got a little Pro Tool set up in his house in the Jays and he got a bunch of the homies, they all rapping and all that stuff, called themselves cheapskates and all that stuff. Like they was doing their own thing and stuff. So that got me back into it. Cause I got back over there and it was the same kind of atmosphere of the you just kicking it, it you live in the again. studio. Yeah, it felt yeah. good. Yeah. So after that, I jumped on it and you know, and I got cool with them. And I started going to the studio and writing raps for the homie, uh-huh. where he just wanted to rap. So he paid me like $200 to write a verse for yeah. him, and I could write some gangster shit and get away with it. Yeah. So I just started doing that, and then he gradually turned into a lot of those first songs for Presonomics. Nice. You know, so I started going out there, and with my other homies that they doing it, now I have other people to lean on that are doing rap too, versus before most of my homies don't rap yeah. or had nothing to do with music. So you couldn't be like, oh, let's go to the show. Uh-huh. They wouldn't understand that. Wow, these cats do. So when I say, oh, I'm about to do go do this, it's a lot easier to say, let's get out. Uh-huh. So when I started doing all those things, I jumped on the website, and I got led to West Coast Riders. And West Coast Riders had a big message board, them and Dub CNN. But West Coast Riders had a lot of the artists. And this cat named Styles, you know, the homie Red One, that worked with TD now, uh, uh, Big Wheels. It, it was a couple cats over there that they had, they knew a lot of the artists and a lot of artists would go to this stuff. So I met Bad Luck first time on there, Problem, um, Glasses, Bishop Lamont, Mike Stroh, Tajay, you know, Day One, a lot of a lot of the cats that was in that West Coast scene uh-huh. I met through there. Through the message boards? Yeah, through the message board. That's funny. That I, I have a very yeah. similar story. But yeah, yeah, so that's when I first started releasing some of the first music. Yeah. But I met them through the message boards and so I started going to those events. So one of my homies was part of the War Dogs, which is, was Bishop Lamont crew, uh-huh. my homie J.R., and I knew this, and he had tried to do Beast Before, and we had did a crappy-ass album, like in 03 or something. Yeah. He put all the money up for it, da-da-da-da, but it was crap. Like, the beats was horrible, uh-huh. it was on a Triton, everything was Triton. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. horrible, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, all right, no knock on the homie, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And my shit was horrible, too. So... He's rolling with them now and doing beats. So he like, come roll with me. Yeah. So I get to go to Can-Am and Aftermath Studios and, you know, Area 51. I get to go to all this shit and meet Bishop and be around Dre. And you go all go in one room and it's like every dope producer in L.A., whether gangster to hip-hop-wise. Yeah. You know, like Redmatic to Khalil to 
focus to, you know, the most battle cat to everybody's in a one room working on one beat wow. bro, type of shit. So that's tight. I got to see all that. And that's and this is them. before or after President Obama? This is all before. Yeah. This is before, so I'm not really known like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm unknown on the site. You're like and I'm dropping a little song here or there or something of stuff I'm working on, but it ain't really hit yet. Yeah. Ain't nothing hit. I'm just absorbing everything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm using those connects. Yeah. I'm trying to get beats from them and diverse and other cats. Like, let me get, the, let me get a beat. Yeah. You know, so that just transferred into, I'm going to just get my own beats. My homie makes beats anyway. My homie Dale Danger from the Cheesecake. So I was like, I'm going to just get some Strag beats, use these beats, and let's really start working on something. How long did it take you to finish the record once you started it? A couple years. Yeah. Just because it was on and off. Yeah, yeah. Doing these here. But it took that. Um, and then they seen kind of died off. You know, like that. What I did it through West Coast Wires. I put the record out. And I hooked up with the one homie who uh, I see he did all Strong Arm Steady stuff. And I was a big Strong oh, yeah. Arm Steady fan when it was first coming out. Yeah. So I see he did all the artwork. I ended up meeting him and paying him 300 to press up the CD and the artwork. And he knew the place to get the CDs and everything. So he just went and handled it all for me. I paid him 350 or uh-huh. something. 350 or 375 came back grabbed it off home good to go I got presentomics right here yeah. that's why it's in front of the forum that's why it's like sorry, just the basic shit right. so I was like this is what it is Inglewood this shit is done right a little before then I had met you and I um, Thursday and YO and stuff and Chris London and all of them I met them through the homie Easy and stuff it's kind of murky how I met all of, all of them and everybody but um, I basically started hanging out with them through a mutual friend mm-hmm. and so I wanted to do a song with them. And I was at their first video, a couple of their first video shoots, Cream and stuff, mm-hmm. and got to meet them. And I was like, these cats are dope. I want to do a song with them. So I did this song called You Ain't Up On This. A cat, I got a lot of beats from homie Dale, a lot of beats from the homie um, that did a lot of shit for Planet Asia and shit. Mm-hmm. And I had to connect to Fresno through one of my friends. So he had beats, he gave me another cat. And so I had the one beat for You Ain't Up On This, I wanted you, uh, you and I to rap on. So we did that. Put the record together, put it all out, but it was only going to like West Coast Riders or something. So that's not really no traction, especially to the blog stuff. And this is when the blog stuff is very, like, really, very, really about to yeah, go now. Yeah, you know, yeah. I did a video though. I used a director, the homie Tomas, and I cracked my car and it got it got totaled. So I got paid out for it. And it's oh, like, nice. either get the new car or pay for a video. I pay for some videos. That's tight. That was smart. So that's why I always tell people, man, it's an interview, bro, where they're talking about death row at their height. And one of them niggas, like, they talking about fucking with Suge. Yeah. And Dad's like, hey, man, it's like Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Fucking with Suge is like Vegas. Everything's a gamble. Yeah. You know, and they was talking about something else about taking risks, though. And I'll be real. I approach that with a lot of my shit. I'll be like, fuck it. You're not going to get ahead if you don't take a risk or take a gamble. Yeah. So I paid him 1300 yeah, like thirteen or fifteen hundred to shoot. You ain't up on this, uh-huh. and we shot. You ain't up on this, and it popped off after that because you and I was already cracking. Yeah, they were they were they were big. At yeah, the time. so I piggybacked off that. Yeah, hit up Hip Hop DX. I left that whole West Coast Rider shit because that shit was kind of just dying out anyway. That whole new West, they started doing all this new West stuff and all this other shit, and so people got on that got on, and everybody else that didn't. Yeah, that's all. That's all, folks. Right, right. You know, while me, I never was really a part of that anyway. So you had to kind of make your own lane. So I was going to make my own lane, and that's what I did. I how, how many projects have you put out since uh, Presentomics? I mean, mixtapes and everything, probably like six. Yeah, yeah. Not too many. Which brings us to right now. You just put out a new record a couple weeks ago. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Prez Sport. Prez Sport. Because Urban it's Street a, America. It's a collab with Jansport J. 
this collab between me and Jansper is a real dope producer from Covina yeah. out here in California. And um, I had just approached him. I knew he was having some downtime. I had some downtime. You talk about like kind of um, feeling like a new life and love for hip hop once you moved back to LA and started the process for press ma- pressonomics. Like, do you do you feel like kind of a similar new wind of creativity working with like one producer? I definitely wanted to work with one producer. I've always wanted to, and I never had the chance. And so I definitely wanted to do that. But that's true that a lot of it was just it, it had to be fun again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I put out a record last year called Leadership, mm-hmm. but it was in transition. And, you know, I'm, I was working part time at the time and everything. There was a lot going on in my life and I didn't do no videos for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get the proper promotion. It's a dope record, but mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do either. Though You know how it is. It's stuff that you want to do for everybody in this. Let's play this game. And let's. All right. These are records you need to make. And and this this is the type of stuff you need to make to get on the radio or to do this or to get here and to get that. And I got so intoxicated with getting those accolades at first, you know, because from the UNI shit to about 2011, we was popping. You know, it was real big. Mm-hmm. 09, 2010, a lot of that. And then it just died down. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that did have to do with it. It just wasn't fun no more. Mm-hmm. But doing this with Jansport is, is hella fun. Like, this is what again. I wanted. This is the first true record I've wanted to make, you know? Mm-hmm. That's truly, I listen to it. It's perfect. Record. I don't have no qualms about it. Nothing. That's nothing great. I That's a great feeling from. when that happens. Yeah, it's very what I want. And it's so different. That it's, a, it's a big fuck you to everything that's going on because it's dirty loops. It's samples. We from L.A. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the way people are talking about it is in that vein where... You know, they're taking it way further than what we even plan, but they definitely all recognize that it's something refreshing and different and not, oh, it's a, it's a homage to the 90s or something, right, or right, something right. like that, because that's not what it's meant to be, and I, you wouldn't get that from yeah. listening to it. But if you just heard, oh, it's just dirty samples, loops, and he's just rapping over some shit ain't got hooks. Yeah. You know, it's it ain't no radio it's shit on wrong. there. Yeah, it's just straight up and down, and people are loving it. You yeah. know, it's, it's, I'm getting some of the best responses ever bro. that's dope man and I, it's like we were talking about earlier like sometimes when you just um find somebody that has a similar creative vision and make a team that yeah. that maybe previously didn't exist like we were talking about lp and killer mike it's like all of a sudden it's like a new a new fresh breath yeah. of creativity for those dudes it's probably similar to what you and jansport were feeling you know what i mean yeah i felt i felt like a, you know phoenix rising in a, in a lot of ways that's dope but, man you know. and yeah speaking of like the reception of it the way that i thought to have you on the show was like uh i was talking with andrew and he's like yo man have you heard prez's new record yet and i'm like not yet and he's like dude you gotta have him on the show it's so fucking good so shout out to andrew at potholes in my blog yeah piles in my blog yeah it's a good those guys are fucking dope uh and so anyhow what are you going to perform today for us from uh presport let's do home sweet home we'll We'll do do home sweet home all right man well where can the people find you online uh you could definitely find us at prayersport.com you could grab the record uh, you get it for free or support pay your own price mm-hmm. we actually been selling a ton since nice. it came out in a week prayersport.com is p-r-e-z-p-o-r-t P-R-E-Z-S-P-O-R-T dot com. All right. P-R-E-Z-S-P-O-R-T dot com. Or you can hit me, El Prez De La, D-E-L-A, without the soul, at uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's all the same. Or you give Jansport J's oh, uh, yeah, Twitter Jan- a shout out. Yeah, Jansport J's is uh, Jansport J, J-A-N-S-P-O-R-T-J, at uh, Twitter and at Instagram. Hell yeah. So you can hit him up. He actually has a dope instrumental record dropping in January called Soul Provider. There you go. Very ill with Delicious Vinyl. Shouts out Delicious Vinyl. But um, yeah, I mean, 
we got we got some dope stuff planned, but this record is is crazy, man. Yeah, man, it's a different feel. So that's we'll good. See. It's good. It's fucking great to be excited about it, and uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that it, it's rap is making you happy again, bruh. Yeah, that's the most important it's, thing, and it's right? Good, it is good for some fucking some fools for uh, like us that have been like out here pounding the pavement for a while. It's good to see you still active and see us still active. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, true. Because uh, you know. It's one of those things where you've always been a dude that I can see around and chop it up real easy with, so I'm glad to finally have you on the show. And, uh, yeah, if you guys are tuned in listening, go to Presport.com, download the tape, donate some money. Don't be All a, of that. Yeah, don't don't be a jerk. Just donate some money for it. And uh, be sure to go to YouTube.com slash That's Kind of Neat, where we're going to see him perform. What was the name again? Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. And, uh, of course, my name is Intuition. You guys can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery, at I Am Database, base with two S's. Follow us as a unit at That's Kinda Neat. Facebook.com slash Kinda Neat and everything wrapped up in a pretty package on KindaNeat.net. El Prez, thank you for coming in today. I appreciate it. Likewise. Yeah, man, it was dope. That was, that was pain-free. You're a good talker. I had a good time, man. Oh, man, fireside chats, man. Bang. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, this was kind of neat. Oh, man. That's a great interview,